Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is fucking killing me. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. Welcome back. Happy Tuesday. We will have been in lockdown for almost a year next week. Because it's the last fucking week of February. And the last time we had a big fucking party was my birthday, basically, last yeah, year. The, the last time we went to the strippers. <laughs> The last time we got bottle service and got to hang out with strippers and we're really fucked up. We were home by midnight. <laughs> oh, fuck. oh, God. <laughs> it was this I, time last year. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. And then we have one more week because we had the Nostrovia after party. Yes. But that was in your house. Yeah, it was in my house. It was like the week before we went into lockdown. Yeah. But like coronavirus things like blah, 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 were like floating around. Yeah, right? Like, it was on our radar. We just, like, didn't know what it was. Totally. We're like, eh, we won't go into lockdown. That's crazy. That never happened. Yeah. And, you know, a year later, and this is us. I'm turning 28 again, just so everybody knows. I'm not turning 29. I've made a Google Doc with things I want for my birthday in case anybody wants to look at it. Oh, did you? Is that, are you, are you saying that to our viewers? Are you saying that to me? (laughs) to neither because it is not appropriate it's like not it's like not safe for work so yeah it's a not safe for work list oh okay <laughs> of course i want for my birthday jesus christ um <laughs> yeah so corinne's birthday's coming up hopefully if we're out of lockdown maybe we can have a little thing for her but chances are that's not happening no john tory's favorite headline right now extending lockdown could save patio season in toronto and we were just talking about this. I hate that it's like, yo, you guys want us to, you guys want patio season? That's when you gotta stay inside. No, I wanna work. I wanna not be unemployed. I wanna yeah. like, yeah, be able to live my life. I don't give a fuck about patio season. If you just gave me back my life, I, we, I could go through the entire year again without a patio season. All right. I'm over it. Yep. I worked for the first time in three months, a couple Saturdays ago. And by worked, I mean, like, spent two hours doing something mm-hmm. and felt valued for the first time in so long that I was like, wow, wow, this is, this is, like, I know I'm valued and I'm loved in my friendships and relationships and family life, but like, wow, it feels really good to be able mm-hmm. to contribute to something outside of your home for the betterment of your, the community or the world that you live in. Mm-hmm. This is so fucked. <sighs> It That's is. That's how we feel. That's how we feel, guys. But we do have a wonderful guest today. And this is what we're going to tell you right now. Thank you for enjoying these episodes of the podcast. Thank you for yes. listening. We appreciate you so much. Every time we see you listening or see you comment or see you send us a message or share it, it brings so much joy to us. Yes. And we're happy that we could be there with you. Um, that being said, go to our Patreon. Tell us how much you like us by just donating literally a dollar a day or a dollar, sorry, not a dollar a day (laughs) by donating a dollar a month. It helps so much. $12 for the year. Yep. I literally spend $12 on a shirt that I might wear once. So I think just, I think I spent $12 on a coffee and a croissant the other day. Yeah. Just because I wanted to, to feel alive. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, if you go to our Patreon, please check us out. Yes. You know, even the smallest amount helps. And, uh, if you can't do that, then please share, let us know what you think. 
continue to suggest us to other people. Yeah. Um, if you do become a member of our Patreon, even at that lowest level of a dollar a month, you get the video episode of every single podcast. Mm-hmm. And you get access to 5 on 5, which is a special bonus video episode for only our Patreons. Yeah, only our Patreons. And it's fun. We talk about a lot of things on it. Yeah. You get to know us a little bit better. Maybe why, we're, maybe why we're so crazy. I don't know. Um, but every dollar counts. Every dollar goes right back into the podcast. Mm-hmm. Not us. It goes into the website. It goes into hosting. It goes into us being more discoverable. It goes into paying our super wonderful junior producer, Devin, who does so much amazing work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we get it if you if that's out of your means. But we... But what's almost just as good as sharing the podcast. Mm-hmm. We see like the most growth and the most engagement when our listeners and people like you share us. Mm-hmm. And we I also want to remind people that like usually we have a party once a year where people like to just bid on things. That's where a lot of people oh, yeah. do their fundraising. But this year, this past year and this upcoming year, we can't have a party. So we're actually not getting that income that you would have right, paid to enter the party, that you would have paid to have drinks at the party. You would have bid on stuff. You could have presented there. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have these uh, fundraising opportunities available to us as we usually do. So if you're listening and you usually go to the party and you usually have drinks and it's tons of fun and you're dancing with us later at night at the after party. Yeah. Um, and you want that to be a thing eventually again, then please go to our Patreon and spend that money there. Yeah. It's on my manifest list uh, that we have one live event this year. Uh, 2021 mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah hopefully fingers crossed everybody fingers crossed um on that note this week we have aiden tooth wonderful human i'm so excited i love aiden very much she's super fucking talented she's super lovely genuine kind soul yeah she's a really wonderful person and she is killing it right now if you have not checked out her instagram go check it out if you're mm-hmm. looking for a photographer we highly suggest her she's amazing yep um yeah and she's just doing really cool things right now so we're really excited about this episode that we got to talk to one of our friends yeah here we go hey aiden <laughs> Woo! um aiden you did school in new york right I did, yeah. I went to school. What program were you in? Sorry? What program did you do? I did the um, certificate program at Alvin Ailey. Um, I did that for about a year. It's, I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school. Like I was, I knew I wanted to dance, I just, but I didn't want to do like an academic program because I did terribly in high school. And like, that's just not how I learned like sitting in a classroom. I'm a doer. So I knew I wanted like a full dance program and that's why I chose Ailey because one of my mentors and teachers had gone there and she, you know, really liked the program and learned a lot about New York and, and everything. So I was like, yeah, I might as well just follow in her footsteps. So yeah, I went to Alvin Ailey for a year at the certificate program and it was good. Yeah. It was a nice experience, but I learned that it wasn't really the kind of dance that I wanted to go into. It was a lot of modern, a lot of ballet, very, you know, old old styles and, and yeah teaching and institutions so I yeah I decided it wasn't really for me and and came back to Toronto um right but yeah yeah 
I, yeah, I feel like Ailey, I mean, it's like a wonderful company, but you're right. It does have that kind of like old, because it's so rooted in yeah. what modern dance was. And I, I know that people often say like modern and contemporary, oh, they're the same thing. But I think that there is, <laughs> as we like get no. further in through the years, we are starting to like notice an extreme difference between modern and contemporary dance movement. Yeah. And I had no idea that there was a difference before I went. Yeah. And I like got there and I was like, oh, like... <laughs> okay Horton tees for like 50 minutes <laughs> let's do it god yeah oh my god um when you came back to Toronto what have you noticed and you've been working now for like a few years um in Toronto as well as a dancer and a photographer but what have you noticed is the biggest difference in the arts community between New York and Toronto Oh boy. Um, anything from is there offered more opportunity? What is the reason for more opportunity in New York? Or it could be diversity stylistically, whatever you think. Well, I was more immersed less so in like the ballet and modern aspect of it after I left New York. Like it, it, it going to school in Ailey, I was introduced to um different uh studios that held like open classes so you could do all kinds of styles and I was gravitated more towards like Gaga and like contemporary and I took um Vim Vigors uh uh Corinne you remember Vim um I took their when I first yes. introduced them my friend was going to SUNY Purchase and uh they were teaching there so I took their workshop um and so I got more immersed in like the more contemporary side of it um so I can't really speak for like the the traditional modern ballet aspect of New York. Um, but I just think it has like a better way of fostering a community, especially for contemporary artists. Like it just feels like more of a community, I would say. I think it's just because there's a lot more dancers and creators yeah. in, in New York in general. Um, but it, it, it feels similar and different in a way that like the garage, um, Corinne, like that felt more like New York. It felt like yep um something from new york was being brought to toronto um but that's the only time that i've experienced like a similarity in that kind of way um yeah i would say it's more more of a community there yeah yeah would you say it's because they're like there's more because there's more dancers like you said there's also more pockets for um different stylistic opportunities so like there is ailey and there is vim bigger and there is martha graham and there is limon and there is Gaga there's all of these different areas and that's just in the contemporary world with like not even speaking about other dance pockets and other mm -hmm. different artist streams but mm -hmm. there's more kind of pockets for people to find their true individuality in yeah York, I, yeah I think those pockets not there's not more but there's more uh, more people inside those pockets so like oh. you have Gaga for example in Toronto and I feel like only Alvin was really getting into that like yes. only Alvin whereas in New York there's like how many people how many gaga teachers so it's just like it's more there's just more of them in each pocket um but yeah there's also like broadway dance that's just like commercial dance where you show up and you, it's like going to the underground um mm. but it's just like a lot more there's a lot more studios there's a lot more teachers a lot more dancers so in general there's just like more people there <laughs> yeah. um so you just you feed off of that energy and like it doesn't feel like you're so alone sometimes when you want to like explore something like that is probably already happening in new york whereas here in toronto i feel like we're like always starting we're always starting something new and it's always like just the beginning whereas like in new york it's already been happening i don't know right if that yeah. makes sense <laughs> yeah no totally it always feels like kind of a fight to get something going in mm -hmm. toronto like toronto is still even though it's the biggest city in Canada, even though it like has a lot of space for arts, 
it's still very commercial and it's still very corporate. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of risk taking in the arts, unfortunately. And that is really reflected in like how Toronto spends money in the arts, yeah. which is almost non-existent yeah. right now, <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. So like, and even in like our public art, it's like so like boring. Yeah. There's like nothing going on, yeah. you know? It's a very clean and corporate and like professional city. Yeah. In New York, they really try to also push the boundaries. Like I've been to shows in New York where I'm like, I don't even know if the people on stage are have dance backgrounds. Like they just like, <laughs> like do you need that? I don't know. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like because of their because there's so many, it's like the competition is constantly like pushing people exactly to Oh, like better, weirder, stronger, mm-hmm. more different. Like it's, it's always right. more. Yeah. It's like a pressure cooker there. Whereas Toronto, they're just like, there's so much space, like there's not a lot going on. So it's just kind of, you, you don't feel that, that pressure from like other parts of the community as much. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's so, it's so funny because I like, I feel the opposite of when I did when I moved here, Really, you know? Yeah. Like coming from Calgary, mm-hmm. You're like, you move to Toronto and they're like, oh, there's so much energy. There's so much to explore. There's so much like, I'm going to find my niche. And then you live here for a few years and you're like, mm, yeah, maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that was your similar feeling, Rainy, coming from a smaller city. Yeah, I think definitely. And I, I'm just like, I'm trying to think of it also like in terms of like, I, I know this is dancers in because I'm friends with I mean I'm friends with lots of people who are working in New York there seems to be less of like a I don't know why Canada has this like weird and I think it's because of like the smallness this weird like look down your nose at people um of like if you're in this pocket of like commercial dance you stay in that pocket and if you're in this part of contemporary dance you stay in this little area and if you're a Broadway person you stay over here whereas mm-hmm. in New York it, it definitely feels like everything is a little bit everyone's like moving through constantly just depending on like what they're interested in uh-huh. and I I think that like that was extremely relevant in Calgary and the small towns that we and more so than it is here there's a little bit more like fluctuation of where mm-hmm. people are moving but it's still extremely like prevalent here in Toronto these like areas where people seem to just get there and they stay and if you move over here it's kind of weird that you're over there shouldn't you go back over there yeah <laughs> that is that is a great way of putting it yeah I don't know like a lot of people in Toronto that have crossed communities um yeah that's really interesting yeah it's just and I don't know why Toronto I don't know why Canada's like that and it's just probably maybe it's like we talked about it could be the size it could be because everyone is like very prim and proper corporate Mm -hmm. (laughs) now that the hand sign for prim and proper (laughs) I also I also wonder if it has a lot to do with the granting system because to become to move out of that emerging artist stage you need so many years of experience in a similar in in your your field Mm -hmm. to continue to apply for grants in that field where I mean it's great to have a granting system but if we didn't have that like how much could you cross train and how much could you push yourself to get the most amount of jobs to continue to work all the time right Right. so I also wonder if it has something to do with that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. so interesting speaking of um granting systems and also Ontario slash Canada um so Aiden you 
have recently, well, not recently, you've been a photographer for a really long time, but I have noticed that you've like blown up a lot in the past year. <laughs> well, I wouldn't really call myself a photographer for a really long time. I mean, it's yeah. always been an interest of mine. Um, yeah. I just didn't pursue it professionally until this mm -hmm. year. So like, I've always loved photography. If you go like through my Instagram, I'm like constantly like taking pictures of, of stuff. And like when I went to Germany, like when we roomed together, Corinne, I was, you know, mm -hmm. constantly like looking around for things to photograph. I had like my disposable cameras, but yeah, I didn't actually like dive into it with like a professional, like heavy duty camera. Um, but yeah, I just decided to buy one like two months into the pandemic. I was like really sick of dancing in my basement. I was like, I'm, I'm over this. Like I got to just like switch gears for even just a little while. And so I just bought a camera and I was just waiting until then to get it. And then I just started shooting and I, I haven't really looked back since. And I think that's why my stuff has gotten more popular because I've really like dove into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And do you think it's because of, I mean, because the pandemic, you've almost had that time too, like a luxury period, as much as it's hard to call a pandemic a luxury, but yeah, you know, it's yeah, that. no, definitely. Like, I, I think it was the perfect storm for me, like professionally, mm -hmm. because I wanted to switch gears out of dance for a little bit. I had the funds finally to like, just personally, I had money to buy the camera. I didn't have that before. Um, the pandemic came at a time where artists were kind of looking for that outlet that, you know, they couldn't be in a studio, they couldn't be in a theater, like, okay, let's do like a photo shoot, maybe I'll like express myself yeah. that way. So it, yeah, it was like kind of a perfect storm for me in terms of my business. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I also think we were talking about like, you know, different aspects of the community. And I feel like I have like, I wouldn't even say a foot, I would say like a toe in the door of like a bunch of communities in Toronto. So I okay. feel like that also helped like, expand my reach to different places um yeah I wouldn't say a full foot but like I know I know like a bunch of people in different aspects and communities of the dance world in Toronto so that also I think helped me okay. yeah. larger client base mm -hmm. right out, out of the gate mm -hmm. um with because everything's been like shut down reopened shut down um how are you navigating as someone who's self-employed and who's someone who's a photographer? So you can work technically in a way, but how are you navigating Ontario government's ignorant and like cloudy rules for self-employed arts workers? So actually Corinne helped me with this one when it was sh the shutdown was happening in November um, because the pandemic hit in March and then I got my camera in May. So it was starting to get warm outside where I could just be outside and there was no like rules to shoot outside with people. So I wasn't mm -hmm. ever like barred from doing that until it started to get cold. And then the shutdown happened and I was like, shit, like, what mm -hmm. do I do? And I was like really confused and upset for a while. Cause I was like, can I shoot? Can I not shoot? Like you were telling me Corinne that, you know, full film sets were still going and I had to stop shooting. I, so that really put things into perspective for me. So I haven't been taking any personal shoots like um, like a family or a portrait session um, because of the rules. I've mostly just been doing professional artists because they rely on my services to, you know, book jobs, to like take class, to yep. promote their classes. So I see that as like a commercial shoot. I'm not sure if the Ford government would say it's a commercial shoot, but I'm helping their business in a way. And, mm -hmm. you know, it helps me to continue working and making money because I'm not getting any assistance. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, yeah, no, it is. It's like, I was, I remember that conversation and I remember being just as frustrated 
as you like for you and for other people in similar positions and it's being like what and it's so obvious what about what can stay open and what's not allowed to stay open of like how the government is you know makes money right like the film industry in Toronto is like a billion dollars you know so of course that is like helpful to the um to the province and to the city and Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff but to just like discount the like hundreds of thousands of people that you're discounting by telling them that they're non-essential and that when like in reality tv and film is not fucking essential (laughs) you know it's not there is hundreds of years if you really like get bored of netflix right now like fucking rent a dvd like get out of my face yeah 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 go to the store find a dvd player and then rent a dvd (laughs) (laughs) totally but it's like it was just like so frustrating and i under like obviously there was a need to like stop yeah things and like we're not covid deniers i don't know how many times we're going to say that but like we're not like deniers of these things and we're not like saying that it's not important and that the restrictions don't have any value and they don't do anything Mm -hmm. but it's just like so frustrating to like be told you're not essential yeah for like we're almost at a year yeah and we've been told that we're not essential like I know it's frustrating like how can I go into Costco and have people stand like literally this close to me yeah. not wearing their mask properly but I can't do my two-person shoot in a massive studio where I can safely distance I'm wearing the mask the whole time it just it didn't didn't make sense to me so I kind of have like not disregarded what the Ford government is saying I have not been doing that but just been more aware of the fact that I'm I'm doing this safely and I can continue to do yeah. this safely and mm-hmm. if they they find a problem with that I don't know yeah, yeah. You're shooting commercially. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. You're a business. They're, we're all like sole proprietors of our own business mm-hmm. as, you know, freelance artists. And also know. the government isn't doing anything for self-employed people to help them. I spent two months waiting for an EI claim to come in. Two months. <laughs> oh my God. Over yeah. the holidays because I like lost so much work yeah. from um, the pandemic and them closing dance studios down and then reopening them, closing them down. Oh. And so uh, they took from like end of November until beginning of February for yeah. it to come in, which is like, I, it was only because I was self-employed. They kept being like, oh, well, usually it takes a really long time for self-employed. And I was like, why? Yeah. Like what's, what's like, and I had enough insurable hours too. And I was like, mm-hmm. I've been paying into this my entire lifetime since I was like 14 and worked on a golf course. Yeah. And now, because I'm technically making such a small amount of income through self-employment, you're going to make it extremely difficult for me. Yeah. Wow. So it, it just is like not, it shows how little they care about people who are self-employed in yeah. Canada. Yeah. I'm really noticing that and like how it's, it's going to be just really Especially hard. in the arts and especially in um, industries that is, what am I looking for? Um, especially in industries that you can't work from home. Mm-hmm. Like you could be self-employed and be like in marketing and management in social media, yeah. in e-commerce, like, and do all that stuff from home. Yeah. And you can still be self-employed and be working from home. Maybe you're working a little bit less. Maybe mm-hmm. you've lost a bunch of clients, mm-hmm. but it's not like, we literally can't go anywhere. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. And I was actually telling someone this the other day, like 
I've been professionally shooting only inside the pandemic. I would really like to know what it's like to be a photographer outside of a pandemic. <laughs> like this is all I've ever known in this in this field. Like yeah, it's just it feels so strange to to have my own business and like navigate this world right now. Yeah. And with Which like, taxes like tax season among us, like upon us. How are you preparing to like, file your taxes as somebody who is self-employed for the, I mean, I'm assuming this is like the most, cause you're probably, the amount of money you're making is more than probably I'm assuming you're used to just from being in self-employed. Is that correct? Yes, I, yeah. I would think so. Um, the thing is I've put a lot of money into my equipment this year. And yeah. so I'm probably just about breaking even with oh. all the stuff that I've bought this year. My camera, I bought a new <laughs> laptop. I bought um, a whole workstation, you know, different kinds of gears. Like I bought another lens and I bought a yeah. tripod, I bought a reflectors. It's like all the, all these things add up. I feel like I'm just now breaking even. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably passed it, but yeah, we'll see what happens with tax season. Cause I'm keeping all those receipts. I need to keep, all, <laughs> like, keep track of everything. It um, also costs so much money to do your taxes as someone who's self-employed. I paid for all of my taxes to get done last year. I paid over $700. Wow. Yeah. And that's not just back. That's like to get my taxes done and then how much I owed. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, just, it, yeah, like we just said, it just like shows that <laughs> the government does not do anything to take care of people who are self-employed in Canada. Yeah. And this is the first time that I've been like completely self-employed. I, um, I worked at, you know, casino halls and then I was working at dance studios and um, I did freelance stuff by myself, like as a, like self-employed, but I also had those other things. So this right. year has been completely new where I'm the, I don't have to answer to anyone. I am the boss. I am me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I feel like I should know the answer to this question, but as a self-employed person, how much should we be putting away for taxes at the end of the year? Is it like 20%? <laughs> <laughs> I have no I mean, idea. <laughs> All of us are like, ooh. I just like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's 20%. I think that you should be taking like 20%, at least 15. I heard, I feel like when Peter was on, he talked about it. He, he takes at least 15 to 20%, and then he ends up not owing that much. And he has a little bit of a like a almost into like a savings a, account. Into a savings right? account. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> because I I was up so goddamn early today because the fucking cats but um I went into my CRA account just like I was like oh it's fucking February like I bet some T4s are coming in just to like see if like because you can get them online you don't have to get them physically um and I was like oh yeah and they were like there so I was just like thinking about taxes this morning and I was like oh my god because all of those like CERB in the beginning of EI this year is also was not taxed so people were saying to like put 20 to 30 percent of that away because it's going to be heavily taxed yeah I think something just came out though saying that they weren't going to tax it as much am I wrong in saying that I think that they're not taxing um oh maybe they're I I don't know okay they're not taxing repayments or they're not no, no, I think it's interest. So if you don't pay your taxes this year, there's no interest on it. Something like that. Oh, okay. So they're not, you're never going to get away with owing the government money. They just might not come after you for a while, yeah. but eventually. Do your taxes. <laughs> um, what have, so Aiden, obviously with, like we said, you've kind of blown up lately. So that's 
awesome for you. <laughs> um, we you're blowing up on a bunch of different platforms. So like Instagram, TikTok, which is like a new platform that I didn't realize TikTok came out like years ago. Years. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like two I've, like yeah, I've seen TikToks like a, from like 2011. What? Are yeah. they not vines? <laughs> I have no idea, but I've seen them. Well, I feel like a dinosaur. Wow. I I feel like it was blowing up pre I remember going into competition season last year. 2 years ago, like in like January. And it was like the big thing, or it was during summer, I feel like two years ago. And it was just like the, the big thing for kids yeah. at dance studios was like, maybe if you practiced your TikTok routines as much as you practice your comp dances, this wouldn't be, you'd do better. Um, yeah. So you, you, there had to be like a no TikTok dancing in the studio rule at like every studio, I feel oh my like. Gosh. Oh, um, but it's been along for so much, like a long time. Yeah. And I, a lot of people are, have just gotten into it over the pandemic because they're bored at home. And yeah, that like was new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is so hard to figure out. I have 15,000 followers and I'm still like, I don't know how this thing works. Like I had one video blow up because I, it's funny. I actually saw this tutorial on someone else, a different photographer. And I was like, oh my God, this is so smart. And I've been using it. And then as like the more comfortable I got and the more I used it, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to share this as well. I made my own tutorial about that same like hack photography mm -hmm. hack and then it went like it blew up and I got like a bunch of followers from it on TikTok it was it was crazy um yeah. but yeah I downloaded it March of like the beginning of the pandemic and I've just been like scrolling through yeah but that's it <laughs> hi <laughs> sorry you go for it I feel like a dinosaur because like Rainy and I are trying to figure it out now and how like we can use it and I feel like it's just like on, we're sitting like on the cusp of being like if we start using it is it gonna go away like <laughs> right as being like almost 30 you know yeah <laughs> right. it's also just like extremely unintuitive it's mm -hmm. not intuitive how the application works at no. all can I ask you genuinely yeah are you editing in the app or are you editing yeah. through iMovie and then uploading I was doing or not iMovie, iMovie at like first yeah. yeah so I I was doing like these small like um when I was starting my photography business I would show like the behind the scenes like a quick video of behind the scenes you know me with like whatever my client and then like I would do the photos and like scroll through the photos at like on the beat of like whatever song I put in there and so I was editing those in iMovie and then like I would say like a few months ago um, I saw on TikTok this app that you can use that makes it actually kind of a lot easier and you can do a lot more things in this app than iMovie um, so it's called CapCut and that's where I, I mostly edit now sometimes I use iMovie yeah. depends on what I'm editing but yeah. yeah I don't edit in TikTok at all I can't I don't I don't know how to work it's that so thing. hard yeah so they don't make it easy for you to add text either like if you no. to add text to a certain part you got to wait for the whole video to yeah. go through again for you to find like yeah no you probably it. watch the video when you're editing through the tiktok app over 200 times before you yes. upload it yeah 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 it's i it like brainy was like you should try making one so we can like figure this out <laughs> and then i was like i would much rather email myself all these videos from my phone yep into my professional editing software, which is used by professionals, yep. export it back out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Much rather do so that. So much easier. Yeah. Yeah. God. Instead of like scrolling on your phone and like trying to like zoom and <gasps> like, it's just, it doesn't make, yeah. 
and also no. even like trying to find where you should save it or like I it, like it took me like literally until like two weeks ago to realize that I could add more clips after I'd already uploaded clips yeah. to the TikTok and I'm like what the fuck is wrong with me <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so there's so many things and like uh, it just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me and maybe that's because like we grew up like using Final Cut and mm-hmm. iMovie and those softwares all seem like extremely intuitive like there is a bit yeah. of a learning curve obviously for everything but the learning curve for tiktok is like so long and then you just get frustrated with it because you don't i also hate doing things on my like that on my phone Mm -hmm. i would much rather be on my computer Mm -hmm. and have like multiple things up and like be able to move a mouse and like not yes yeah oh i'm old officially (laughs) so i wouldn't recommend maybe the app then because the app definitely makes it easier like there's a timeline that you can pause you can like change things around like within the app but it's still it's Mm -hmm. still on your phone in like a tiny screen so yeah i just like it because there's just a a few more options than imovie when i want to do things so yeah yeah um how was it have you noticed a difference in how you can um expand your audience on tiktok versus instagram Yes. So I have a a lot of photographers on my TikTok that that follow me on TikTok, um, whereas I don't have as many photographers following me on my Instagram, probably a decent amount, but since I've started, but like it definitely shot up exponentially since I started doing TikTok because people always say you need a niche, you need a niche. So like I like went into like the photography tips niche slash like promoting my work um so yeah I just have a lot of photographers on there like also some models um but um yeah I don't know yeah Mm -hmm. you find the algorithm in TikTok to be much more um, random natural or random or do you find like your growth I don't know do you know what I'm trying to say yeah yeah like Instagram feels hard like Instagram feels really hard these days and it I don't think it ever felt like this before no no, it's definitely yeah. changed. The algorithm algorithm on Instagram is like it's designed so that you are addicted to the app, that you're like just a slave to the app and you just spend all your time on there. Whereas TikTok, like if you it also all these big social media apps are designed so that you stay on it as long as possible. But TikTok in a way yes. like the algorithm kind of favors creativity, um, educational posts, like, you know, really like engaging stuff. Um, that's what happened with my one video that got big. And then it just like, it sends it out to more and more people where Instagram, it's so hard to just grow your following. Yeah. I don't know. Like I I've had, I've had under, I had under 2000 followers on my Instagram for the longest time. And then because of TikTok, I got like a bunch of followers on my Instagram just because of that one video Mm -hmm. like it was it was crazy and then yeah just kind of kept going from there yeah Mm. it also it's the algorithm constantly changing is extremely frustrating because once you figure it out all of a sudden you have to relearn how to use it yeah and I've seen I've heard this from like multiple people I think I was talking to Sammy about this from Insoft Focus I've like talked Mm. like to multiple people about this but like your followers will all of a sudden like drop 10 Mm -hmm. on Instagram and it seems like, and then they'll just like pop up again. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense. Like I've been like hovering, like I've been at like 12, 10 to all the way to like 19, um, like 90 for like, and I just like hover in that like 20 follower range and like for like the past like three weeks. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why is it going from this to this, like dropping so drastically, like within like a matter of a second? Yeah. No and, idea. 
and it it just like doesn't make any sense and you like go through it and you're just like I don't know if it's like something I'm doing that's not like perceptive or like if it's the it's just the app I think is doing it yeah yeah you know and it yeah the algorithm constant change up isn't like helpful for businesses or people or anyone using the app no and like as Aiden was saying it's like to keep you on the app longer so that you and it's become an ad sales now Mm -hmm. right very similar to Facebook Mm -hmm. well they're all owned by the same people Mm -hmm. the same fucking guy now so it's like how can we stay on how can we get you to click on ads how can we get you to shop but it's also like not shop from your friends who have all now have businesses it's like which kind of companies can we push into your feed yeah yeah my friend will post on instagram like my closest friend we we send memes to each other all the time like i'm probably up that like one of the most interactive one of the most interactive accounts like that i interact with and i don't see her stuff for like days i don't see anything that she posts it makes no sense to me and then i'm seeing all these big influencers that i follow and i'm like i've had to unfollow like these big huge in- like these accounts that like just kept being pushed to me pushed me I'm like I actually don't really care about this mm-hmm. account I like followed it once maybe because something was cool that I saw on it but like now it's all I see yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah I also read something yesterday that they're starting to sh- they've started shadow banning a lot of any time you mention um Black Lives Matter like um, and I don't know what like where the research behind that is but I think it was like shit we don't talk about and it was like they've been just posting like lots of like cool memes or something like that and they commented recently about the new algorithm changing and because they post a lot about Black Lives Matter Instagram has like started to I don't know if it's just like keying in the word and then Mm -hmm. like trying to push it into another direction but um and even like us we noticed we posted a picture about Clarissa's episode this week and it has yeah. nothing to do about COVID, nothing. But she says, mm-hmm. she's talking about sexual assault and how it can be really self-isolating. And because it's got the word self-isolating in it, it flew a COVID-19 ban- banner up on top of it. Oh, wow. Um, it does say in the caption underneath, it's like how COVID-19 has set the industry back. Mm, okay. So it, it's like nothing about COVID specific. It's just like literally the name, like the, the word, word COVID-19. Yeah, so I definitely see them doing that with Black Lives Matter and BLM or like anything. Yeah, BIPOC. Like I could I could definitely see that. Yeah. 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 It's just like really... Because TikTok's not owned by Facebook anymore, no. right? No. It ha- isn't. Uh, but never. Yeah, it's, a Chinese com- it's a Chinese company app, right? It hasn't been yeah. sold yet? Yeah. 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 It's just... That's- that was what like, Trump was like trying to get a band, right? He was mm-hmm. like, fuck China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like this time last year, probably. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, frig. Um, uh, when, the, when we go back to real life, I don't know what that even means anymore. <laughs> if we ever go back to real life, um, because this um, pandemic has like started shooting more and you're like, have a business with your photography do you think that you're also going to you're going to like split time between the two or how are you feeling about the future of your career and if it's leaning one way versus the other way yeah I have no idea like I felt like I was gaining a lot of momentum in my dance career and not a lot of momentum like a decent amount after leaving Ailey like I was really in a rut for a year I was just teaching at this little small studio I wasn't happy Like, I wasn't happy going to school in New York, but at least I was, you know, 
trying something else. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I feel like I was slowly climbing and I was gaining momentum in my career. I went to Montreal, I went to Berlin with Ukraine. Like we, we, I spent time with B12. It was just like the most amazing experience. It was after that summer, I was like coming down from that high. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start my own class. I'm gonna choreograph more. I'm gonna like push myself to, I'm gonna like sell myself to studios, whatnot. And then like the pandemic hit and I was like, I felt like everything was just shut down for me. Um, like I was building that, building that. And, and because everything shut down, I was like, I don't even want to think about it. I've like, even still, I've like kind of closed that, that door to like my dance career, my, my teaching career. And I haven't really opened it. And I haven't really thought about, <laughs> I was telling this in the, in the email that I'm like, I haven't mourned that loss yet. Like the loss of opportunity that I, I was seeing from my career. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm still now reconciling with like how I'm going to approach it when things open up, because I feel like I'm leaning more towards continuing in photography, but I've had, you know, some opportunities to teach online during the pandemic or, or whatnot, or when we were open, I taught at a studio, but even still that felt a little weird. Like, I feel like there's been a before and after of my life where I had dance over here and then I had, and now I'm in photography and like trying to mix the two I, I still don't I don't know how it's gonna work mm -hmm. yeah we'll see yeah it I find with dance and something that I've just been thinking about a lot recently is how dancers who don't become choreographers when that career shift happens and how it happens and um because like even dancers that are with big time companies like Hafesh or something unless they go into choreography they I feel like there's always a plan or a backup yeah. plan. There's always this like other opportunity or other thing that you're thinking about doing. Mm -hmm. um, and how do you like, like you said, how do you mourn the loss of something that you've worked your entire life to do with just like the clip of a hat? Like, is it at 35? Like they tell you in dance right. school, is it at 40? Like what, how do you come to that decision that it's just, you're done? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it, it kind of just happened so suddenly for me. It's like when, when I, I don't want to, you know, um, equate this to anyone losing a family member, but when, you know, a family member dies, like really suddenly, it's hard yeah. for you to figure out in your brain why or what's happening. Whereas, you know, we, you can see it coming for a while. If you're, if you're a dancer that's had a long career, you know, you're reaching like 30, 40. Okay, my time is slowly, you know, going to be coming to an end, but I'm 22 like this, it just like cut off for me. And I was, you know, wanting to get into a company, wanting to, you know, share my work, um, which I can still do. I'm not saying it's completely, you know, over for me at all. Yeah. Um, but I haven't done a ballet class in nine months. <laughs> like I haven't yeah. taken anything in any, like almost a year now. So yeah. it's going to be tough trying to get that back if I even want to. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know yet. And that's work to get that back. Yeah it's going to be work to gain those muscle strengths and find that center and find those turnout muscles. Like I tried turning out my leg the other day. And I was like, what? That's a weird spot in my butt. I haven't used in a while. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. Just so crazy. I, I think we've kind of like touched on this briefly before, but I also wonder like how it's going to change movement style, mm -hmm. you know, because is there going back? Is there going hundred percent back? Cause they don't like you age, your body changes your style preference changes. So that can only be reflected in movement. Mm. Like I'm never going to be my 21 year old self dancer again. No. Yeah. Even if I 
I don't think I'd want to be, yeah. but you know, like I, I don't think I'd like wonder if there is a going back yes. really yeah. to that, to that same point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's been a year mm-hmm. and I'm a different person. Like we all experience this like traumatic thing that is, mm-hmm. is inevitably changing us in one way, in multiple ways, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like a mark on my mental health in a way well do that just become comes with the pandemic in general but I was like for 15 years of my life like being physical and being active was such a huge huge part of my life and now it takes me like forever to just get my butt into a workout and like just move around like it's 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 a huge shock on my brain my mental health and my body like I can definitely see the toll (laughs) totally it's so kind of interesting Aiden to think to hear you talk about mourning your dance career what what does that mean for you and if you had time to mourn your dance career like what does that look like I feel like if I didn't have photography I don't think I would have mourned it I think I would have continued to push for dance or Mm -hmm. tried although I don't have a lot of patience so that's why I switched to photography yet like in the first place so I don't really see myself like having I don't think I could have lasted this long trying to continue my dance career um, because I I couldn't stand learning over Zoom. I couldn't stand, I didn't, I haven't even taught over Zoom yet. I haven't tried it. I I don't think I could do it. Um, So I think I probably would have given up eventually. Um, But that doesn't, that doesn't mean I don't love dance and I don't miss it. I think, I think I'm just on a pause right now. So I don't know if I need to mourn it like I said I can I can jump back in but it's just going to take me a while to to get get there again um so I don't know if I'm mourning yet we'll see if like I if I after this is all over if I decide to continue with dance because I'm still I'm still on the edge you've had these moments almost before you kind of talk about it that you had it when you first moved to New York about Mm -hmm. you weren't sure if this was exactly what you were you were thinking about pursuing yeah Um, I've had it so many times um even before like I decided to pursue dance professionally like growing up as a competition dancer so many times I'm like I'm done I'm done this year I don't want to go back like I don't want to continue to and then I I always do so I just feel like it fluctuates and I my love for it is is ever it's just growing but sometimes I need space um so maybe this is that moment I don't know because yeah I've had those moments as a competition dancer I when I went to Ailey I was like okay maybe dance isn't for me no it was just that kind of dance that wasn't for me that's Mm -hmm. why I found Vim Vigor and like contemporary and Mm -hmm. I fell back in love with it after Ailey and then and then after you know a little bit of like not getting anything and teaching at a studio teaching jazz I kind of fell out of love with it again and then I went to Berlin and then I fell back in so it's just like it's constantly like an ebb and flow Mm -hmm. personally so yeah, it's just, this has been a lot longer of a pause for me than I was, that I've been used to. I'm sure everyone has, like, everything's been on pause, but we'll see, yeah. Yeah, I also, just something that I've been thinking about is, like, the, I think the reason for, like, the contemplation of career that happens, and, like, thinking, like, is this something that I want to do, happened so much with the lockdown because it was in the like you all of a sudden had to dance in your space yeah and that was like a deal breaker it wasn't like a deal breaker for me but I feel like I was like I'm not dancing here in my space I have no space I'm tall I'm long this is is it 
like I'm not doing it and people are like well yeah. I think you want to make it work you make it work and that side of my brain is like that but then the other side of my brain is like but this isn't going to make you happy if you no. make it work in your house so I'm just like wondering about about like there's I mean there's clearly people that just like love it so much there's people that make it work yeah. and take class and I like applaud that and I feel like maybe if I was younger I would have been them yeah but because of where I am in my career I am frustrated and as soon as I get frustrated I'm like well is this is this what I want to keep doing right mm-hmm. um and I've been talking to a lot of dancers about that specific like the not wanting to dance in your room and like not knowing what that means and a lot of people are like it's like do I give up on my dream <laughs> or is that even the dream anymore you know right yeah like, what it is and it feels like I've had like a real goal or a real flow my entire, you know, 20 to now. And I, I feel like that is like, so I'm losing sight of what was over here because yeah. of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I just, I, yeah, I have a similar feeling because the kind of stuff that I want to make and create can't be done in my house, mm-hmm. you know? So I have no interest in pursuing it if I, if it isn't what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to film myself. I don't want to set up a tripod and do that. There's like, there's nothing wrong with those things, but I don't Mm -hmm. want to do those things. I want to work collaboratively. I want to work with lots of people. I want to be close to people. So me hanging out with my cats all day is what I'm doing until then. Yeah, I know. It kind of, it took me like a a minute to, I was trying to continue taking class in my basement while I had my camera and then my camera was sitting there and it was like, I was choosing between the two for a second and Mm -hmm. then I was like fuck it I'm just gonna like go all in with photography um, because that's what I wanted and I'm like I shouldn't feel guilty for for deciding that and even Mm -hmm. though I invested so much time into my career and my dance career like it's not it's not like it's totally gonna go away and I didn't learn anything from it I'm not ever gonna like that, that knowledge and all those lessons that I learned over the years because of dance are still with me. So mm. I shouldn't, yeah, I kind of had to tell myself to not feel guilty about choosing photography right now. Yeah, yeah. that that's such an interesting way. It's the guilt. And like, why yeah. do we have guilt for something that like made us happy? Yeah. Why do we have guilt over not choosing one thing right now when yeah. the world is like in a complete shamble? That's like a very interesting, just like, thing to think about and I, I I mean a lot of people I think will have this with any like passion that they've had but there is why is there so much guilt in the thing that you're supposed to do to like leave it for a bit and take a pause and be okay with that yeah and I've had to forgive myself for behaviors that I probably normally wouldn't have done if we weren't in a pandemic like not exercise not work out for months on end I have had to just like be like it's okay it's all right <laughs> we're like people, people are dying right now because there's a virus raging the planet. Like, it's okay if you don't work out for a few months, like, and just watch Netflix. I've had to, like, really take that and, like, just, just sit with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to sit with, and I feel like you go through ebbs and waves with that. Like, it's hard. Sometimes you're like, it's fine. I'm doing my part right now. You're confident about your decision. You're happy about it. And then all of a sudden, like, the reverse of that is, like, I can't do this anymore. What does this mean? I can't just sit here. I'm being so unproductive with my life. Right. 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 And then it's fine. And then it's dropping and then it's yeah. fine. And then it's dropping. Yes. And I, these like constant emotional flows and like 
confidence and deep dives on my confidence. <laughs> it's yeah. just like really, it's it's hard to navigate because it's been down and up probably over a hundred times in, in the past year. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Aiden, I had one more question to ask you. <laughs> Um, you, did you ever go to school for business? No, no. You seem to just like speaking to you when you were talking, even about like teaching dance, about selling yourself, um, (laughs) to studios for teaching. You seem to have just like a really good grasp on how to be an artist and also how to be a business person. Where do you think that doesn't feel that way, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) maybe this past year because I've started my own business, but like I, I didn't have this kind of confidence that I do now before trying to, you know, reach out to studios. Like I was terrified. I, I, I've actually never choreographed for a studio. I, I did Ryerson's dance pack, um, competitive, um, um, oh my gosh, just their dance pack for the competitive season. Like I've choreographed two dances for them. Um, and that was the first time I did that on like a, on a big group and have set a piece. Um, so I think that's where my confidence was starting to gain where I could like, yes, I could command a room with like uh, people that are my age and tell them what to do. It was, it was really difficult for me at first. Like that first piece that I set on them was, is nowhere near, uh, was nowhere near what I wanted it to be. And then the second piece, I, I could definitely see a difference with how I communicated with them. Um, and then I was ready to take on and sell myself to the, to competition studios and like be able to choreograph more. And then it was shut down. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think I have a lot of business expertise, but I think it's just my confidence has has you know gotten better over the years. Yeah. I think you have more than you think. <laughs> like your initial gut seems to be like, I need to sell myself. I need to like constantly right. be working at this in my career. I need to like sell myself to choreographers or to studios. And mm-hmm. I think that you have like a natural business sense to you, just the way that you're speaking. About oh, well, that's good. My yeah. motto has always been fake it till you make it. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's been like my thing. I haven't, <laughs> I'm no expert in anything at all. So I'm just like, I'm going to do this thing until I feel like I've made it. So that's what I've been doing with photography. Like I had no idea what I was doing. When people first asked me like to, what are my rates? I was like, I had to make it up on the spot. And I'm like, I've got to pretend that this is what I've been doing. Like, yeah, fake it till you make it till you make it. And you recently upped your rates. You felt yeah, like so, you, had, you were able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, um, they, they are in effect for a certain time period. So I've like, I've like kind of set it out. Um, but even still like they might be too low. I'm going to keep them at these rates for a while, but I feel like I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep pushing it just, just because people have like expressed to them to me that my my work could be charged I could be charging more so eventually I will get up there I just I know we're in a pandemic I did I posted about this the other day we're in a pandemic a lot of my clients are artists like our industry has been hit really hard I'm not gonna I'm not about to charge two thousand dollars for a shoot like that's not something that I should be doing I don't feel confident in doing that so I'm like I'm gonna slowly you know when things start to open up when everything starts to get back into a groove I will feel more confident and able to push my rates, but for now they're, they're kind of staying at the same level. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. What was it that made you make that decision? I knew I, I actually wanted to up them. I think in the fall. Yeah. In the fall, I wanted to 
to boost them because I had a really good few months where I was working a lot like with people outside and I, I was just working a ton. I was like, maybe I should be charging more because I'm working so much. Yeah. Um, but then I realized, okay, we're going into winter, which means I probably won't be shooting outside nearly as much, which means I got to rent studios, which means my clients are charged are being, mm-hmm. are going to have to pay for more. So I'm like, I'm not going to up my rates yet because my clients are going to have to pay for studios. Um, and then with like, if I up my rates, that's even more, that's double than what they were paying before. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on, um, upping my rates for the spring where I can shoot outside and, um, it's not going to be as big of a burden for my clients, mm-hmm. um, because they won't have to pay for studio space and we can just shoot outside, but my rates will be more. So mm-hmm. yeah. Smart. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah. I've even seen a lot of businesses starting to do sliding scales. Like if you, um, for example, like I think even the Pilates studio, I like, um, do Pilates that started doing a sliding scale for clients and they have it like, if you can afford it and you didn't lose your job, $20 a class. If you are like, "Eh, you want to support, but you're like in, you can't really afford that. It's like $15. And then it's like people that like really can't, it's like $10 Mm -hmm. a class. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, maybe that's even an option. And I think that's a good option for a lot of businesses and a lot of businesses who are extremely self-aware of what is happening (laughs) around them, you know, like obviously we know now that a lot of companies don't have that bell, um, but that's self-awareness. <laughs> um, but it, it does seem to be like a good option because I think if you give people the chance to like be genuine and a, a, an option, you can like go, obviously your lowest rate is as low as you're like willing to go, but then your mm-hmm. highest rate maybe is like a little higher than you're willing to go. And if people yeah. are happy with the work, they might even top it up. So yeah. I think that yeah. there's often like opportunity for for people to do good and like yeah. they want to support local right now as well yeah and that's why um I actually found this I was following this photographer on TikTok and she was like if you're scared to up your rates like this is my suggestion so basically what I'm doing is I would take I I basically just had one rate for a single shoot my this mm-hmm. whole time and she was saying take that normal package and make that into like a a small package but you're still charging that much but you're giving less Mm -hmm. um so that rate doesn't change you just you're just giving less time and less less photos Mm -hmm. but that rate stays the same and then you go into a regular package and you up that rate which was Mm -hmm. what you were charging before um but a little bit more um so that's how i'm kind of pricing it now so if people you know can't really afford the regular package they can do the small package Mm -hmm. um and then i have a luxe package that people want to do more so yeah i've i that was definitely something that i wanted to do was make it you know a little more easier for someone to choose what Mm -hmm. what they want to pay and what they're able to and i've also um if people have expressed to me oh i can't really you know afford this rate right now i've been able to lower it for them um yeah, if people are just honest with me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna charge them through the roof if they come back with like, I can do this much and then we can, you know, negotiate. I'm totally open to do that yeah. as well. Yeah, that's sweet. I think there is like a, like you were saying, like sliding scale, Rainy, there is people that are self-aware of their income and are happy to give more. Okay. And I also think that most people, if you give them the opportunity and the leeway now, they're gonna come back to you when they have the luxury of paying more or they're going to like remember to that you were kind or empathetic and be like now I'm making money now yeah. I can do all the things that I want to and really like you know jump at the yeah. opportunity and probably more 
they'll be more willing to like share the work because that's such a big thing right now through social media like we've been talking about right just yeah willing to share and comment and review and do all the good things that are also still like beneficial to your company and your work yeah 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 um on that note Corinne do you want to ask the question yes is being an artist fucking killing you Aiden not right now <laughs> it has in the past <laughs> I Great. mean being like being an artist right now is what's keeping me going um and I think yeah I don't know it's not killing me right now per se I don't think um <laughs> it's a hard question <laughs> it is and it cannot like, kill you right now it's fine we're not getting mad at you yeah you don't have to like make up something <laughs> yes <laughs> it has in the past for sure yeah mm-hmm. for sure yeah um if people want to find you Aiden if they want to follow you if they want to support your work where do they do that I'm on Instagram at Aiden.tooth um and then I'm on TikTok at Aiden Tooth Photography um I'm on I've recently just started like promoting my stuff on Twitter I have like 200 followers on Twitter so we'll see how that goes but I'm on Twitter I think Aiden underscore tooth so all my handles are different um Aiden underscore tooth on Twitter yeah I think that's it mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Thanks, Aiden. Thank I feel like you. I need to be so clear that I knew your name. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. Obviously, thank you for Karen having and I are me. Huge fans. Oh, thank you. And um, if you liked this episode, go leave us a review. Go follow Aiden. Follow us. Go to Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, social media, any place that you can find um, podcasts, and let us know what you think. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already, go check out our Patreon page where we upload premium content that isn't available anywhere else unless you are a member. Thank you all.